be here today. Pastor was a little long-winded this morning in Sunday school, and we're starting late. Hopefully, it don't carry over. Hopefully, hopefully this isn't a pattern for the rest of the day. But I'm glad to be here today. We had a had a good weekend down there at the campgrounds, and uh, it's good living for God. He's He's had a lot of a lot of wonderful blessings in my life. Everyday blessings, little 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 blessings that may not seem like much, and they start adding up. And before you know it, you've got an extremely blessed life. Yes. We're going to start this service today by uh, let's stand to our feet and uh, lift our voices and raise our hands and. And let's think about the goodness of God and what all he's done for us in our lives today. We love you, Jesus. We magnify you, God, today. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, God, we ask you, Jesus, to give us your goodness today, God. We magnify you, Father, We thank you for everything you've done for us, God. Oh, we thank you for providing for us once again today. We thank you for being in your house again today, Lord God. This opportunity to praise you. We love you all, my heart, Lord God. You're a wonderful God. You've been so good to me, Lord Jesus. There's nobody like you. I love you, God. I thank you, God. I praise you, Lord God. Let's clap our hands to God. Open this uh, prayer service or prayer, yeah, prayer service with uh, a prayer for uh, Brother Green. He's come into contact with yes. some COVID and said he was having a few symptoms of that. So he's trying to be safe and uh, stay home today. So we really need to pray for him and have God. Hopefully, God protects him and keeps his hand on him and uh, in this church. And anybody have any needs today that God can take care of? Yes. Yes, we'll pray for him and that family. Yes. 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 Pray for that need today. Yes. 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 Pray for Renee's mother and little Jace. God can do that. Yes. Yes. Pray for Sister Erickson's mother. Anybody else? Yes. Pauletta. Pauletta. Yep. She's doing better, right? A little. A little better. Keep praying for Pauletta. Anybody else? Yes. My oldest son and his wife. God intervenes. Pray for them. All right, that's it. Let's take these needs to the Lord today. We ask you, Lord God, to be in all these instances today, God. We ask you, Lord, to pray for every individual Lord Jesus in this house. Pray for this community today, God. Lord, we ask you, Lord, every need that's spoken today, that you move on this need, God. That you pray for you all the wonderful will be done, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we need you, Lord Jesus. 
Does anybody need prayer today? If anybody needs prayer for their body, they can come up front. We'll anoint them with oil. You know, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with asking God to uh, show you a miracle. You know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a miracle. I know that you've got to be put in a pretty tight spot to have a miracle. Sometimes it, you're not willing to do that. But, but there's nothing wrong with expecting a miracle and wanting to see a miracle. I'll, I'll pray to God sometimes, show me a miracle, God. I want to see it with my own eyes. I want, I want to see your power, and I, it's for his glory, you know. I'm just not for nothing we're doing, but I want to see God move, and I want to see him, I want to see him pull lives out of the fire. I want to see him fix families and save souls and restore people. I want to see it. I want to see him heal people. I want to see that. I believe it. I believe everything that the Bible says he can do. Anybody need prayer for your body? Come up one up here. We believe you, God. Oh, we love you, Jesus. You can do all things, Lord God. We magnify you, Lord Jesus. We ask you, Lord God, to move, Lord Jesus. You know every situation, God. Oh, you know every need, Lord God. We ask you for your will to be done, Lord Jesus. We believe in your promises, God. Oh, we love you, God. We're believing in you, Lord, today. Oh, we believe in you, Lord God. I love you, Jesus. Move, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, I praise your mighty name, Lord. I magnify you, Lord, today. Move in this place, Lord God, today. I believe in every promise you gave, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God.
I love you, God. I love you, God. I love you, Lord God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Yes, God, God's no respecter of persons. He loves all of us. He wants us all to have a, have a nice, clutterless life. He wants to help every one of us and Help us be able to build his kingdom and clear our path for us and, and help us have that good, straight path. And, and he can do it. Just ask him for help. He will help you. Brother Isaac, would you take an offering? Let's worship God. Let's worship the Lord today.
Y'all may be seated. Sister Diane's going to sing a special today. I ask you to worship with her and ask God to bless her today as she sings. I love the Lord. Y'all worship with me. And if you know this song, sing along. Hallelujah.
more than ever before. Brother Dave, you're not alone with that gap because the longer you live for God and the longer you love Him and trust Him, you start you start having that realization that how many times His hands have been in your life and all the things that He does for you, and you realize that you need Him more now than you ever have. You, you, you put all your stuff into knowing that He's the one that's responsible for for you and that and that you need him you've got to have God more than anything and it just keeps on going and going and and uh, I'm glad that God's faithful I may not always be faithful but God's faithful and I may not always be trustworthy but God's trustworthy I may not always show the patience and brotherly love but God always does that and he always welcomes me to engage with him and that's the the beautiful wonderful thing of living for God it's time for the pastor today to Pour out his heart and give us what God's placed on him and uh, look forward to today. And we love you, Pastor, and we thank you for everything that you do for us and appreciate you. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we stand to our feet and worship the Lord today? God has been so good to us. Hallelujah, Lord, we praise you. We worship you today. Hallelujah, we've come to serve you, to worship you, to give our all to the kingdom of God. Lord, we are a troop. We are called together. We are the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that you do mighty things. Even in this service this morning, Lord, that you touch hearts. Lord, that you make alive. Lord, that you give direction. Lord, that you give revelation of your word. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank the Lord. And so we kind of talked about this in Sunday school, but to be sure everyone is aware, so our plan is to be a part of the Jubilee in Chelsea on, I think it's the 2nd of October, and uh, we will uh, be getting a stand, and uh, we are going to look at trying to make a bunch of peanut brittle in one night and uh, be able to have something that we can offer at the table. We don't care as much about sales as we do about um, touching lives and being able to interact with the community. And so um, we have this new logo uh, I want to make sure that, Mike and Tracy, I want to make sure I show that to you. And I think everybody else saw it this morning uh, in Sunday school. But um, if, it's, if you have any problem with it or if you don't like it, you need to let me know because otherwise I'm going to say, go for it. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have a, a church logo, which will be all excellent. And uh, we'll be able to use that on our stationery and on our, hopefully, a new church sign one of these days. And... Uh, and then everything we do in our banners and everything we do to reach our community, uh, we want to have that same logo. So it's, it's important that it looks good and it will uh, honor and uh, all that we're trying to be as a church here. So uh, please, I'll take a few days, and uh, if there's anything you want to say about it, you want to know, make sure that we show Brother Dawes, too, because I think that maybe he wasn't in there this morning when we were showing that. And then... Looking forward to that, praise God, and uh, and then we're talking about Sunday nights, maybe being able to have right now something maybe in our house to start with, and uh, be able to just uh, it'll be just uh, time to come casual, the time just to come and bring your Bible, and our goal is to have a little bit of prayer, a little bit of food, a little bit of fellowship, and a little bit of word, and uh, just maybe an hour long. And uh, just be able to uh, have an outlet to be able to bring people that maybe they wouldn't come to church right away, 
but they'll come to a house and have a, have a little bit of prayer. And so we're going to start doing that, and it will be, of course, based around, I have Brother and Sister Chris Erickson coming uh, the 10th of October, and we have Brother George Kraft coming, um, I think it's the, I want to say the 11th of November. Uh, in any case, it's on the board, and we'll be, we'll be promoting that more later. But um, uh, so those two nights, we probably will not have anything because we very well may be able to have them speak to us and have an extra service while we have these uh, great men of God here with us. Pardon? Seventh? Okay, thank you. Uh, forgive me for not knowing that right offhand. I don't have it written in front of me. Uh, so in any case, we're going to be doing great things. And I'm excited about having both of those speakers and that both of them we're going to have a luncheon on Saturday. And it will be casual. It will be just a time for, I want them, and both of them are, are older men. And, and, and Brother Kraft's wife will not be here, but, but Sister Jean Erickson will be here. And I want them to be able to just maybe say something that will encourage you and encourage the church and what we're doing and uh, just give them a chance to kind of interact with you. So I'm looking forward to that also. So that's all happening in October and November. And, uh, of course, we know uh, that that Jubilee is going to be going on. We're going to give away free uh, peanut brittle and little cups so that they can try it. And then if anybody wants to buy some, it will be there. But more than ever, anything, I want to hand out cards I want to let them know about our church and just let people know they're invited. Amen? Praise the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter number 5. 1 Samuel chapter number 5. And I'm going to read just the first four, four verses. And uh, thank you for being here today. Great to have the province family back. Um, I was hoping they weren't mad at me and we're just glad to see them back today. Amen. Uh, really, I didn't think that they were mad at me. And um, if you're mad at me, don't stop coming to church. That's all I'm saying to you. That's the moral of that story. First Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 4. Y'all are there? One of these days I'm going to have a couple screens over here that we can have the words up for the songs because I don't know them, all of them. So that's going to be good. And number two, it's going to be great to have the verses up there so we can flip right to them, and uh, we'll be able to cover a little bit more ground and, of course, make my messages shorter. <clears throat> and the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon, and they set him in his place again. And when they arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon, and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold, and only the stump of Dagon was left to him. 
And so from now on, I'm going to call him Stumpy. <laughs> Dagon, the god that looked like a fish. Maybe I'll call him Fish Lips. And they took the Ark of the Covenant and because they conquered Israel that day and they took the Ark and they brought it to the land of the Philistines and they thought maybe if we have our way we'll set Dagon on top of the Ark. Use it as a lampstand. Maybe we'll set Dagon because Dagon is the victor. And we'll just put that old Israel's God that they said was in a box. And we'll just put it here before Dagon. And, and when we come to worship Dagon, we will give honor to Dagon, being able to spit upon the Ark of the Covenant of Israel's God. But it did not happen that way. But I need to bring to you a message today. And my message is this. Conquered, excuse me, here I'm going to blow it. Captured, but not conquered. Captured, but not conquered. Lord, I pray that you would bless the word of God this morning. We need your anointing. Lord, we need the, the spirit to interact with us and help us, Lord, that we would catch the vein of this thing, that we would realize the preaching of the Word of God that will save them that believe. We need that message today, Lord, to loose someone, Lord, and to set them free that they would not be bound by fear and they would not be worried about the gods of this world and they would not be worried about the fictitious things that are around us that raise up their old ugly heads and boast of their greatness. And yet, Lord, these are the things that fall before the ark in their own house, on their own pedestal, and they fall before the God of Israel. I pray, Lord, that you bless today. Let us get a clear picture of this. And Lord Jesus, you may have been captured that day, but you were not conquered. And Lord, let us preach today about a God who conquers all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You could be seated. This idol, Dagon, fell twice in his own temple. That's, that's pretty significant. Each time people had to go in there and lift up that old rock statue of a fish and place it once again on that flat surface of its bottom and put it back on its pedestal and there again give honor to Dagon, their God. Poor Dagon. Poor Philistine God. Even in his own temple, he was powerless. The second time it fell hard. But it did not break the, the statue. For the Bible says clearly that his hands and his head were 
cut off. No, they weren't broken off. They did not fall and they break because they were the parts of the, of the stone that was weakest. No, no, no. It fell over as the last time, but this time God himself severed the head and the hands of this fish god in order to give the Philistines a clear understanding that they were not dealing with just a box. They were not dealing with just something that Israel said it was their rabbit's foot that they brought into battle, and yet they lost the battle that day. In his own house, among his own people, his own followers, they could not protect that Dagon. They could not keep him in the upright position. They simply came in and saw each day after the night had passed that their God was not able to stand against the God of Israel. It had no power to protect itself. There was no safety in Dagon if he couldn't even take, take care of himself. How could I trust in a God to take me with my finance and to help me with my day and day out needs and, and to heal me in my sickness when he could not even keep himself upright? That'll preach. No safety, no victory, no hope. If you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of anybody else? Matthew 16 and 18 says this, Jesus speaking, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Look at God's power today over the gates of hell. It's something we need to look at and, and understand how that God could allow himself to be captured. And yet he is truly king of kings and lord of lords. How that he would allow himself to be placed in this position. And yet truly his power had not been deceased. His power had not been limited. He was not in a foreign land and now unable to do what his will and his purpose was. Oh, on the contrary, he still was God. And he still was on the throne. And he still was victorious. I need to let someone know today that when things look dim and things look down and things look dark, it's not the end of the story. For my God is well able to deliver. Hallelujah. Hell could not prevail in one of his own temples against the power of God. Dagon, an instrument of Satan, could not restore himself to his own place. Satan could not empower this image in order to overcome the circumstances that he found himself in. Satan couldn't make a piece of stone alive whatsoever. See, God's hand was heavy upon the inhabitants of Ashdod. We know that these Philistines moved the ark, the presence of God, to five major cities and areas of that 
of that nation because every time wherever the ark was, the men of the city started having hemorrhoids. <laughs> it's a serious situation. They started to fall over and they were dying. There was death in the camp. They, they didn't understand it. And so they said, uh, what, what's happening to us? What's going on? How could this terrible disease fall upon us? And, they, and finally someone came along and said, it, it's got to be the ark. Israel's God that, the, that we brought into the camp. We thought he was conquered. But something's out of control here. And so they would take him and they would, and they would send him to the next city. You take care of the ark. And he'd go to that city, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, hemorrhoids would break out. People started dying. Things started happening that were horrible. And so on it went to five cities until finally, finally they said, this is no coincidence. This isn't just happening accidentally. Hell could not prevail against the living God. They fooled with the image of the living God. They tried worshiping the creature more than the creator. That's what the Philistines were doing. They were not wise. They should never have done it. But God is going to reveal his power. God is going to reveal his truth wherever he is. What, what was that box? It was, it, was, it was a wooden box made out of shittim wood. And I, I'm not familiar with shittim wood, but I'm, I'm going to just know it was in the area. And they, and they built this thing about two by three foot. And, and they had a lid on it, and it was, it was made out of wood, and it was overlaid with gold within and without. The whole thing was gold. It looked like gold. What a treasure. And, and inside of that ark, God wanted to reveal himself to his people. He said, Israel, do you want to know where my heartbeat is? Do you want to know what, what's important to me? He said, let's, let's put some things that are important inside of this box that represented the presence of God in the tabernacle of old. And so he told Moses, he said, take those Ten Commandments. This is the second time that God had to make those Ten Commandments. With the finger of God, he wrote them out. And there, they took those commandments and, and they placed that law within that box because this was God's way of being fair with his people. Have you ever thought about that the commandments are not just what brings about death in a person's life? But is it possible that the Ten Commandments was meant to bring life into a person's life? We live in a world that's so worried about breaking one of the rules when they break them every day, all of them. Thank God for God's mercy and grace. But he gave us his law as a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. What does that mean? It means God had a plan of love and of grace and of mercy all the way from the very beginning. And his plan was that he would save those, his people that he loves. 
And so he put the, the law in, in the covenant in that box because it was an agreement with his people. It was the promises of God. Not only are there judgments with the Ten Commandments, but there are promises with the Ten Commandments. If you quit worrying about stealing, you can find out about God blessing what you have. If you quit worrying about taking somebody else's wife, you'll find out what it means to be blessed with your own wife. If you quit worrying about worshiping false gods like fish lips, then all of a sudden you're going to find out that God is a blesser and he's a rewarder of them who diligently seeks him. He's a God of promise today. And though he was captured, he will never be conquered. Why? Because he's made some promises to you that he is faithful and just. Not only in that box were the Ten Commandments, but there was also this, this brass bowl that when God, when Israel went into the wilderness and, and they grew faint and they said, how are, how are all these millions of people going to be fed? And God provided for every year that they were in the wilderness. God had this manna fall to the ground, and, and God told Moses, he said, make sure you take a pot and fill it with manna, and it's the only manna that didn't stink after a day. But it was, it was a reminder, not of God's judgment upon a people who, who murmured and complained and said, why have you brought us out to this wilderness? I wish we were back in Egypt with, with, with bowls of fish and leeks and onions. Barrels, not bulls. No. He put the manna there so they would remember, I am a God that will provide. I have promised I will take care of you. I'm taking you through this journey, this journey, a wilderness journey. I'm taking you through a life that we don't know, the left and the right of these things. But if you'll keep trusting God, God's going to see you through. If you keep your faith in God, he's got everything under control. You can trust him today. And when God, he may have been captured, but he wasn't conquered because his word is yea and amen. His promises are true and everlasting. Everlasting, and you can trust him today. Not only that, it was the rod of Aaron that budded. Well, that that was a time, of course. Isn't it interesting that everything that was in the ark, the tablets of stone, the pot of manna, and the rod of Aaron were all things that God did because he loved his people while they were rebelling and were rebellious. Talk about the mercy of God, my friend. God will allow himself to be captured, but he will never allow himself to be conquered. The very gates of hell, if, if Satan can't hold up a Dagon of fish lips, how on earth is he ever going to be able to either hold up the very gates of hell? But our God is a God who is a victor today. The rod of Aaron merely showed leadership that God had authority. God still has authority. It's, it's, I'm not saying I deserve anything. I'm nobody. I'm just a human man. But I do understand that God places people to be able to be a leader to help. Lord knows it's not my brains. It's not, 
It's not any value or qualities I have. Somehow, somehow the Lord allowed it. But I trust today that God is going to be faithful. So they, they brought him to this place thinking that they had won, that this was just, you know, Isaiah and Isaiah chapter 6, I believe it is, talking about in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up his, his throne, filled the temple. They would add pieces of a king's robe as they conquered him, and they would tie and they would sew it on the end of that king in order that the farther he went, the more victories he won. His, his robe became longer and bigger and more extensive. And his honor would fill the temple because he was a king of victor. He was a victory king. He won the battle. How did God get in this situation? Well, it's because not always do men do what they're supposed to do. Eli had two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, who saw this battle come against the Philistines, and they said, if we bring the box, God will have to win. Because whatever God is in, he doesn't lose. I ask you, how often do we do that? Never considering if we are truly holding to God's promises, or are we simply trying to manipulate God to do what we want him to do? But you see, his word is yea and amen. His promises are established. He will not change. He will not vary. He will not change his word. That's why God, no matter where he sets today, he is on the throne room of all of glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. I suppose those Philistines would have liked to spill the contents on the ground before Dagon and said, yeah, their promises are yea and amen, all right, in our dirt floor. Yeah, hath God said. But you see, when we talk about the gates of hell not prevailing, we are talking about the gates of hell not prevailing upon his word. Amen. Now that wooden box that was overlaid with gold had the glory and the protection of God upon it. Those angelic beings that hovered over that mercy seat all was to bring about truly safety to Israel. It was something they knew was there and behind the Holy of Holies. And that high priest once a year could go in there and offer a blood sacrifice that would push Israel's sins ahead for another year. That anyone who trusted in God's counsel, that anyone who would stand upon his word would have power with God and would have God working and helping him. 
if God will take care of this box that we call the Ark of the Covenants, how much more will God take care of your earthen vessel where his presence hovers, where his glory resides, where his angelic beings still hover? When is God going to say, well, you're no good? No, my friend. He doesn't like every decision we make. And we don't always do exactly what we should have done. But he is faithful. He's faithful. The ark was captured, but it was not conquered. It was captured by the will of God, not the will of the Philistines. God was displeased and angry with Eli and his sons, Hophni and Phinehas. They had perverted, they had gone and used the religious system for their own advantage. History record they would perverse things around the very altar of God. They had little or no honor of the things of God. And they simply were exploiting it to their own advantage. Thinking that they could take that box into a battle was just the outcome of a wrong spirit and a wrong attitude of two sons that should and could have been leadership in Israel. But unfortunately, they were not. He was angry, the Lord was angry with the compromise of Eli, that Eli allowed those boys to do what they did when God should have been honored. The house of God should have been a refuge. The place of the altar should have been sacred. A place where we give something and receive something from the Lord. Sometimes we hurt God's kingdom with our actions and our attitudes. Our unbelief and our lack of trust are things that God sometimes has to work with or deal with. To allow his presence to be captured is possible in your life today, depending on what your choices are this week and who you hang around and what you trust in and what you rely on and where and how you go about doing it. You see, the backslidden priests and the backslidden Israelites were hopelessly out of pocket with God for they failed to realize the importance and the incredible power of God, of what he is and who he is and what he represents. And so they were unable to stand for what was something God would stand for, and they allowed the ark to be put in a compromising position, and the ark was taken from them. And seemingly, they didn't care. Seemingly, they never went back to war to retain it. They were satisfied to let the ark reside in the land of the Philistines. Dagon and the experience of what Scripture read this morning testifies of this truth that while Israel was sorry they lost their rabbit's foot, they were happy that they no longer had to fight the Philistines, never realizing that God wanted them to be a weapon 
and to win victories because of truth and for truth. Amen. You see, God is not in danger today. There's no problem with the Word of God. There's no problem with what God is doing in, in our world today. And I know it looks crazy in America, and I know that we uh, are just caught off guard with all the seemingly things that are falling apart around us. But I assure you, God is not mocked. God is not caught off guard. Amen. If we will be the people of truth, I promise you, you will see the greatness of God shine forth. Amen. You see, it was years before they boasted of their Dagon. How did it? First, they boasted of how Dagon had captured Samson. Philistines thought it was just another Samson. They'd poke his eyes out and set him to grinding wheat for the rest of his life. They failed to realize that Samson may not have been in the best place either in disobeying God. But there's nothing wrong with truth today. Samson being delivered into the Philistines' hands was God's will again, not Satan's. You see, there's always a danger of losing truth and walking away from God. And yours and my job today is to buy the truth and sell it not, to love this message more than ever before, to build your life around the very fact of what you esteem highly and you reveal to a world around you that your God is prominent in your life. Hebrews 6 talks about falling away. Really, what he means is backsliding, isn't it? It's moving away from truth. It's no longer trusting God because you don't trust his word. And now you are subject to anything that comes along. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for nothing. We are in danger when we ponder truth instead of believing truth. We are in danger when we set God aside to the side or we only use him to manipulate him for our common good. But every Philistine city where the ark was taken, they thought they were secure until the presence of God came and righteousness shined forth over a corrupt city. The city would suffer. Destruction would come. The people were in danger, and Israel was in danger. No matter what the world says, truth is relevant, my friend. It does matter what you think about the Bible today. It does matter how you esteem the truth highly in your very life. You see, we have to embrace this truth today to enjoy it. It's only when we go outside of that embracing that we, we feel its pangs and sharp poke of its sword and, and two-edged sword knowing that we are wrong and we are wrong in the sight of God. Psalms 119 and 89 simply says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. My friend, you're not going to change his word today. You need to align yourself and say, God, 
if I had been outside of your purpose, outside of your will, then I want to readjust. I want to turn the cat around. I want to do whatever I have to to repent of my sins and to get my heart right because I want truth and nothing but truth. I want God to shine in my life. I want God's victories in my life. You need to settle the truth today in your heart. For it's the point of truth where every good place is to turn and to change. It's when you allow truth to slip from your fingers. Sometimes it's very hard to get it back. The gates of hell prevail only when people let them. How can God support you and help you if you are living outside of his promises? We'll feel the threatening of the world around us, the fear, the loss of hope. We'll feel attacked and abused. We'll feel just about overcome. But when you fall, I shall arise. Bible simply says that you were meant to be the city on a hill. You were meant to be the salt of the earth. You were meant to be the light, not to this area, but to the world. You are the snapshot of what God is doing and where he's going. Because we are the people that believe the truth of God's word. And so today, God has to allow himself to be put in some situations, no doubt, to see what we will do. But I remind you, instead of looking at these negatives of Samson and, and the sons of Eli and Eli, let me remind you of the thousands, yea, millions of Israel who stood and waited. And they waited as the ark was brought back to Beth Shemesh. And those Philistines did all that they knew to do by bringing those golden mice and hemorrhoids, golden hemorrhoids, and put in the cart. And they sent the ark back by that oxen, wondering if that mama oxen would, would stay with her child or, or if she would have a course that God would give her. And she walked of her own volition and came back to the city in Israel. And there, the city of Beshmas rejoiced that, that the ark had returned. And oh, what a rejoicing it was. We know that when David came to bring the ark, he said, this is my chance to restore and bring the ark back to Jerusalem where we can put it before us so and we can worship God and we can rejoice. There's the heart of a man after God's own heart, wanting the presence of God in his life wanting to do it right. But even David himself did some things wrong, didn't he? And as they were bringing the ark back in a cart, which they never should have done, for the ark was always meant to be, the presence was always meant to be on men's shoulders. But in their ignorance of the word, without checking out what they should do, they brought the ark on the same cart. And oh, my friend, when they came to that threshing hole floor of, of Yuza, there Yuza reached out and steadied the ark because it was it was rocking, it was tipping on that on that bad soil. 
and God smote him dead. My friend, it's all about how important God's presence is in your life today. I don't bring to you these negatives. I, I, I wish I could erase them from your mind for just a moment and tell you, look at David. David went back to the book. He found out what he had done wrong. He said, oh, God, I'm sorry. And he came back in every six paces as they brought the ark back. Every six paces, David offered a sacrifice correctly. And every time and David was out before the ark, dancing and worshiping God, rejoicing that the ark was returning. And that's the picture I want to leave you with today. Be that man, that woman, that will hunger, that will desire God's presence, that will look for, oh, that place where God can make his abode in your life. Lord, I've made room for you. Lord, I swept my heart. Lord, I prepared my life. Come and be what you want to be in my life. And David brought the ark. And for the first time in all of Israel's history, up until then, the ark was in a tent behind a veil that no man could see except once a year the the the, the, the uh, high priest could see when he came in to offer the sacrifice. But now David brought the presence of the ark into the very center of Jerusalem. And he put it under a tent and he raised the sides of the tent up, rolled up all the flaps so that all of the people could see the ark and know that God was among them once again. My friend, what you need is peace. What you need is hope today. What you need to know is that God is for you. That God is making his abode with you. That God is a victorious God. Yes, he was captured that day because of the foolishness of some who disobeyed. But oh, he was brought back into glory by those who hungered and thirsted after righteousness. Those who said, whatever the cost, I am willing to pay it that I could have the presence of God in my life. Would you stand with me this morning, this afternoon? God's word will always have Yes, a penalty for those who don't obey. But far more important, I want to direct your attention that he also has promises that are connected to every single thought and trust and faith that God has given you and placed in your life. That if you will simply trust God, there is provision, there is blessing, there is presence with a lack of condemnation with a lack of guilt and shame God has made a way where he can abode with you and I he, Paul the Lord told Moses I shall be with you and I one day will be in you oh thank God for a message today conquered captured yes but conquered no no our God is fully capable of
of continuing his promises. They are yea and amen. And I counsel you, I encourage you today, live your life to its fullest for Jesus. Give your all to God. If there's anything in your raw, in your life that you know is wrong right now, the, the, maybe the Lord has brought this in your memory, just come to an altar and get it right. Repent of your sins. That's what God wants you to do. He's going to have to help you fix it. He's going to have to help you overcome it. If, if you could have done it, you would have done it already yourself, but you can't. We humans have are frail. We're, we humans don't have the ability to, to sometimes come out of our sin. But God made a way where there could be righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. This altar is open today because I want you to be a prepared vessel. I want you to prepare a place where you can say, Lord, reign supreme. Lord, be all that you command and your, what your word says you will be. Lord, I want your blessings. I want your peace and I want your joy. I want your victory today. Amen. And realize today that the Lord allowed himself to be captured there in order that he could conquer here. And so today, the message is before you. Will you allow yourself one that will fear the presence of God because of what he has done against maybe others? Or will you simply take his word and his promise and say, oh God, there are so many that were blessed when you came into their presence. Israel lived and flourished and they were blessed. David had to see it for himself for in the house of Obadiah for several months, God poured out blessing after blessing after blessing. Obadiah didn't change anything. He simply housed the presence of God and God blessed him richly. And David said, that's a message to me. That's a message to me that I don't have to fear what he did to Uzzah. What I have to worry about is that God's promises are waiting for me to simply obey. And so we prepared the passage. He prepared the sacrifices and they came to Jerusalem six paces at a time and God wrought a great victory that day. What will you do with this powerful message of truth? The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God has everything under control today. Amen. I invite you, will you reach out to him right now? Will you reach out to God right now? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. He allowed himself to go into captivity only so that one day he could reign supreme in your life. When you are the people of his word, there is no fear. There is only hope in our lives. God is doing great things. Amen. We are the people of his name. We are the people of his word. We love the Ten Commandments. We love the pot of manna. We love the rod of Aaron. We love God's presence and countenance today. Amen.
If there's anything you need to make right with God, just do it. It's Jesus simply, the Lord just told us in his New Testament, just, just ask God to forgive you. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't matter what our past is. What matters today is that we are on a trajectory to go and to reach that place where we bring glory and praise to our God. Come on, you're a city on a hill. Come on, you're the salt of the earth today. Come on, he wants to do great things in your life. My friend, there was a day when the Lord was satisfied when Israel would simply fear God by hiding their tents. And they would tell Moses, you go up and see God and talk to him. And just come back and tell us what to do. But that was never God's plan. For the Bible is clear that he wanted to put his spirit, his presence in your life. So that you would not have to wait for someone else. But the Lord could speak and you could have communion with him. It would be like the garden experience of Adam and Eve where you could walk with God in the cool of the evening and you could enjoy his presence and his company. Oh, my friend, see this as God's plan today. He took care of the unbelieving, but it was because that he had a plan for those who would believe, those who would walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can we sing that right now? to do that today. I surrender all. As you go about your week this week, I want you to have victory. I want you to know God is for you. Let his enemies be scattered. Amen. The gates of hell will not prevail against the truth that God has placed in you today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just lift up our hands and our hearts to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I thank you today, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I praise your name. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. If God hadn't been captured that day, if he hadn't allowed that to happen only for his image, that bless God, I'm God, and I don't... I don't ever get captured. And there would have never been a distinction between those who seek him and live for God with their whole heart and those who just say they believe. But you see, when God allowed that to happen, he was setting up Israel to make a distinction 
a clear line drawn in the sand, you might say, that God would do great things through them. Amen. And his glorious days were yet ahead as David was ruler over the kingdom and he had peace with all men and, and all of Israel could come and worship God because they could see the Lord. Amen. Don't be afraid of the story that God was captured. He allowed it in order that he could be the conquering king that he really is. Amen. God bless you today. Have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you Wednesday. As I said, we'll be here because Elaine's mom is in the hospital and they are not going to let us see her. So we're not going to fly to Buffalo right at this time. And so um, Brother Nance will be here Wednesday night preaching and uh, looking forward to he hearing him. Amen. And then we'll have, and, we'll, and then we'll get back to our schedule until the Ericsons come on, uh, in early October. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen.